And this is my prayer this evening that all the channels by which wisdom, understanding and knowledge can be infused into the life of a man be open concerning every one of us. That these powerful truths will not bounce off our heart, will be retained in our understanding. And that we get to finally know what to do without any fear, without any trepidation at all, with confidence and faith, we'll be able to march forward. And so it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that our guest is here. Uh, I want um, Jimmy Tower to please um, send in your request so that I can bring you for the good people to see you because we've been waiting for you, we've been, we've, been, we've been preparing our heart to come and enjoy that which the Lord has put in your hands to facilitate our destiny in Christ. I want to thank God for you. And this evening is all about the five must-haves in the new reality. The things that if a man doesn't have them, it's not, it's not well. It's not enough to say it is well. There's some things you must have particularly at a season like now glory to god hallelujah okay is our guest contributor tonight he's no stranger to my wife and i dearly beloved man hello sir hey good evening nice to sir. see that good evening yes, <laughs> thank sir. You, How are you sir I want to thank you for accepting to be here at very short notice, but you're part I am of honored, work sir. You. I am so honored, sir. Thank you so much. Let me introduce you uh, <laughs> to our guest contributor this evening. His name is Jimmy Tewe. He's an accomplished executive and career coach. He's a well-recognized voice in the personal development career and business advisory space in Nigeria. He's also the CEO of the Jimmy Tewe Company, an organizational learning and cap capability enhancement company, and to crown it all, he's also a powerful minister of the gospel with several giftings and abilities. I want you to make welcome our beloved brother and friend, Jimmy Ter. I call him JT. Yes, sir. You have to get permission to call him <laughs> JT. I call him. So you better ask for permission. And my wife is giving thumbs up to I welcome see that. you. Hello, Pastor Evelyn. Yes. <laughs> and um, JT, welcome on board to you, our series. And, and you're coming number five. And five is the number of grace. Praise this God. is preparing for the 5.0. So there's multiplied grace upon you. I know you're here to speak to us and to enlighten our understanding with the five must-haves of this new reality, new, new reality, and I know you're going to sh you're going to talk to us about five major points. Let me just um, say them so that the people of God have them ready somewhere, and they want to just tap in as you dive in. You're going to be speaking up to us about the new mindsets, huh? the new knowledge we need to have, the new habits we need to cultivate, the new regime we need to put in place, and the new associations we must build and have. But I want to throw the ball in your court by welcoming you and asking you that the five must-haves. Why, Jimmy? JT, why? The yes, five must-haves. Well, first and foremost, <laughs> let, let me say a very big thank you again, and I'm really honored. Um, I know the last time we saw when we could see uh, was at a, the reception of one of the church members in Grace Assembly and all that. And if I'd known, I would have helped you a little, a little longer. You know, but I look forward to seeing you again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yes, sir. So thank you very much uh, for the work you're doing uh, with Grace Assembly. I've had friends that have passed through the ministry, and um, everybody has talked about the impact, and I really appreciate it. And I count it the honor to be here today. And you asked a very pertinent question. You said, why these five things? And, you know, again, one of the things I like to do, because, again, this is kind of like a midweek mid mid meeting also, is to refer to the Bible because I believe that, you know, while people can refer to research and there's some further research, I believe that the most found thing is God's word that we can actually count on. And I, I would share a scripture that basically is the premise for this five most hours. And it's from Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, 21 and 22. And because again, if we can understand 
the context is easy for you to know the actions that are actually related to that context. We need to know what is going on. So what exactly is really going on? So the Bible says in Daniel 2, 21, 22, it says, He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. I believe more than ever before, I know without a doubt that God isn't the author of Corona, for only good and perfect gifts come from him. But as it were, just like the days of when Christ, you know, was on the cross, uh, besides I didn't know they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So this is still working out together for the good of God's purpose and his kingdom being established upon the face of the earth. Now, once we know that, we understand that it seems that now what God does is not moving Corona or viruses. He's changing times and seasons. And you said that earlier, we are, we are in a fast pace. And things have changed. Technology, I said in a, a, a post earlier, I said that technology is no longer a tool. It's a capability we, might, we must utilize. We are able to reach more people with a lot of ease and things like that. So with all of these things happening, we need to look at that scripture again. So it says, while he deposes kings and raises up others, in the same time, he gives wisdom to the wives. He also gives knowledge to the discerning. And one of the things that lets That's people right. know is that the Bible says in Isaiah 33, verse 6, it says that wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. So no matter the time that you are in, there are two factors that will bring stability in your life. And I believe progress, they have wisdom and knowledge. No wonder the Bible says that while God is changing times and seasons, he's raising up kings and putting out others, he's also to particular people giving wisdom and knowledge. If you know what to do at every point in time, you would actually know how to maximize that time. And so what I have to do personally and what I've observed people that are making progress as, as we were at this period, why they're making progress is because they know what to do. If there's anything people are looking for, I believe it is what do I need to do at this time? I'm a business owner. I can't sell business as usual. What must I do? I'm a working professional. I'm hearing that there are people that might lose jobs. What must I do? I'm a homeowner. I'm a housewife, if you permit me, and all that. But even with that, what must I do? So I believe very sincerely that the people that know what to do, I think, you know, I'm going to say something. You know, the Bible says in Daniel 5 and 12b, it says that they that know their God, they shall be strong, and then they shall do experts. Now, if you notice something, he said, he changes time. He deposes kings. He gives wisdom. He reveals deep. He knows. So he must be our focus first and foremost. I think a lot of people want to know without knowing he that knows. And if there's any time that this season requires us to know God, it is in this period. Because our knowledge of God positions us to easily receive from God and be God being the father of light. So when you see the word father, it speaks about the progenitor, the one that is able to give of himself. And the Bible says he's the father of light. So God is giving light to darkness in this season. But the question about it is that, are you just there to receive light or to know the father? I believe that they that know God in this period will get enlightenment to know what to do, not just for themselves, but in their field, in their nations, in their continent, and also for the world. And that's why these five keys are very important. Thank you very much. Um, you've heard from our guest contributor, opened it up. It's based on the knowledge of God. And because God is the, is the author of wisdom and he gives understanding. And now, breaking this up into five basic and very fundamental parts, um, I know you're ready to talk to us about the new mindset. What, what is this about? All right, sir. JT. Thank you. So I, I believe, you know, we're talking about the new now. So what does the Bible say about the new? In Isaiah 43, verse 19, the Bible says, Behold, I do a new thing. So the first instruction that God gives us with the new is behold. That word behold means to see. But if you study it a lot deeper, it's that it's not speaking about just the natural ability to see. It means see in a different way because when something new comes, you cannot use old eyes to look at them. That's why Jesus said that when the new comes, the people that have tasted the old do not immediately desire it. 
because there's a way to see from the old way. Now, a mindset, two words put together, all right, is basically a capacity given to you to thrive in a particular time. So you people have mindsets, but what sets your mind is basically you are determining how to live with particular circumstances. Now, once those circumstances change, you need a mind reset. So one of the prayers, one of the Pauline prayers that Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians 1 verse 17 to 18, he said that I pray that God will grant you to you the spirit of wisdom and knowledge in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened that you may know. So the entrance of light into your eyes of understanding is what positions you to be able to access the new. So without a new mindset, you will not know what God is doing. And I'll, I'll give you a quick example. When Peter was having that trance, waiting for his food that we are cooking downstairs, as it were, the Bible says God comes and puts a blanket filled with all manner of animals and says, eat, and you know, write up and eat. And then he begins to preach to God and say, God, you see, you know, from my youth, I've never done any of this. I've never eaten it and all that. And then God lets him know in a moment, in a flash, that the times have changed. That time I said, don't eat, but now I'm saying eat. In other words, you must see with a new mindset. Without that, Peter would not have gone to the house of Cornelius, and the gospel would not have come to the Gentiles. So when God does something new, many times you might have to, as it were, take off the old glasses which you used to see, and collect the new one is giving you in this season. So we're in a new season, there's a new way, and that is your new mindset. What I mean by that is this, that in a very practical point of view, is as a business owner, as a working professional, let me use working professionals, for example. It means that the idea of tenure-based promotion is no longer tenable because we are living in a day of value-based promotion, no longer tenure-based promotion. So you can be in the same place and you have been thinking with the mindset, I have been committed here. I have worked for 10 years. They don't like my commitment. We are no longer paying for commitment but contribution. So if you don't have a new mindset, you will be in the same space and what helped you before begins to take you down. As a business owner, somebody says, well, I was selling this. I have a warehouse full of these items. But the fact about it is that your items, maybe they are luxury goods in this season. People might not be purchasing them. But that, that does not mean people are not purchasing anything. There's a lady, um, that Nikke, um, that um, I can't remember her surname right now, Rough and Tumble, and Ogulesi, yes, Mrs. Nikke Ogulesi, and she has her factory that was producing kids' wares. Kids are not going anywhere, so what they are wearing is what they are wearing. But with that same mindset, looking at the same equipment, they are now going into face mask production, and they are spreading, and they are profitable much more than ever before. Their costs are lower, and their profits have increased. A new mindset. So the same thing in front of you, if you will ask God to open your eyes to see so that you can have a new mindset, you will see the same thing. You know, the Bible says about it, uh, I believe that was in um, Second Kings, all right, when Elisha came out and the, 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 the servant said, sir, we are perishing. And then he prayed a prayer and he said, God, please open his eyes. My prayer, and I believe, pastor, that's your prayer, that God will open our eyes. When your eyes open, your mind will change. All right, so in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, the Bible says, look at what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, it says, the God of this world has blinded the minds. When you say blind, it speaks about your eyes, but it says he has blinded the minds. So what it does is this, that when he enlightens your eyes, then your mind is transformed. We need a new mindset for transformation in whatever we do now. Wow, wow, wow. You're firing on all cylinders. I hope, my good people, you're capturing everything this great man is teaching us. Now, when you talk about mindset, uh, my observation is for there to be need, a need for a change of mindset, it is because the mind has already set. Yes, sir. And sometimes it is not even set properly. Mm, exactly. <laughs> it is set properly. It is set on some basic rules and some mm. dynamics mm. And, and, and equations which don't hold sway anymore. So even if the mind was set properly before, but it was based on some foundation, some equations, and those things have fallen away and they are all the way gone, the old mindset cannot then function in the new. So can you also tell us that um, 
how does somebody with an old mindset that may even have been a functional mindset, how can they transit to the new mindset? And is there any urgency yes, to this chain of yes, mindset? Yes, sir. If we're able to achieve it, what will it produce in our lives? And whilst we're thinking about that, what are the enemies of a new mindset we need to watch out for? And how do we sustain? Because just because I've got a mindset does not mean I'm able to sustain it. Yes, sir. So that's a question I want on behalf of my good people. Thank you, sir. In changing mindsets, I would quickly refer to Genesis 15. The Bible says one day that God is having a conversation with Abraham. And says, Abraham, I'm your shield and it's exceedingly great reward. And Abraham says, sir, I'm... I'm not in the mood right now. The person that's going to inherit my inheritance is not even my child. The one I had, you chased away, you know. And then God says, I said you are going to be father of my nation. Then God realizes that the promise can never become a reality until I change this man's mind. Then God says, Abraham, come outside. Then he says, look up. Because you see, when usually you're in trouble, you're always looking up. David says, I'm not alone. He says, I will look up to the hills. So we tend, tend to look up, and God understands that. And so God says, Abraham, look up. Count the stars. So Abraham starts. One, two, ten, fifty, hundred, two hundred. I think I've counted that one before. Let me try the game. One, two. Then says, God, I can't count. And God says, the same way, you will not be able to count. So every time Abraham is worried and looks up, he remembers the image that God gives him. I believe that one of the key ways to transform our mindset is the exposure that, and now people are sitting down watching news channels about COVID news, people dying. Whatever you set, that's why the Bible says, set your mind on things that are above. That's it, Philippians 2. It says, set your mind on things that are above and not things that are on the earth. A lot of people are not, they don't understand that the power to set your mind is up to you. And how you set your mind is by what you expose your mind to. Whatever you expose your mind to consistently, your mind is being set. So a reset is basically looking again away from something and looking to something new. In the, in the wilderness, when the children of Israel were beating my snakes, he said to them, if you would take your eyes off the snakes and look at that brazen serpent, you will be healed. And you see the same methodology, looking onto Jesus, the author and our finisher of our faith. You can look at your problem or look to Jesus, all right, in that same problem. So I teach people that it's important that we are deliberate whatever you put. We even see animals respond to this. In Genesis 31, you know, um, Jacob is teaching about how his wealth came. And he says an angel taught him how to do genetic modification by simply placing poplar leaves and other things there. And when the animals are looking at it, they begin to give birth to it. If animals can respond to this law, how much more sons of God? The thing you said, the way you said your mind, is be deliberate about the exposure you want for your life, your future, and you will produce it. That's what I would say. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I, I thank you for that. I want you to also please um, help us talk about the urgency because it's one thing to know what to do. It's another thing how you go about it. <laughs> the urgency with which, how urgent is this need? Yes, to change sir. our mind. I, I believe very sincerely that beyond us, beyond the concept of even church, that God is about building his kingdom. All right? The Bible is clear, Revelation 11, 17, and others. It says that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. And in Daniel 2, we see that God is building a kingdom that will fill the whole earth. So God is doing something. And what I tell people is, is that whether you obey him or not, God will do what he has to do. If God came to Mary and Mary did not receive that seed, which is the word, there will have been another virgin. God has never and can never be stranded. But this is what I tell people, that God requires you, to, for God to use you, many times he has to change your mind. God could not have used the Peter that had the mindset of the law to run to a people that only needed grace. And so what that means is that if you don't change your mindset, you put yourself in a position that God can almost have no choice but to do it without you, even though he had wanted to do it with you. And that's the danger Mercy. that is there. There are things God Mercy. wants to do and requires a new mindset for him to use you. I am praying for mercy that none of us will Amen. miss it in the name Amen. of Jesus. 
the Lord will not do it without us. Amen. Amen. And, uh, this puts into perspective the need for us to move quickly in our race for a new mindset. Yes, sir. And uh, can you please just help us with when we go through what we have to go through to engage in a new mindset, what should we expect? And what are the enemies of this new mindset that may want to stop us from being sustained in the new mindset? In the Bible, the Bible speaks about, it says, had they been mindful of where they are coming from, they would have returned to the place. And that's the thing. What is your mind full of? Because that's the problem. Many people see Canaan, but their mind is full of Egypt. And in the journey between Canaan and Egypt, there's always wilderness. The problem of wilderness is that you need total dependence on God. And whatever your mind is full of will determine whether you gravitate towards Canaan or you return to Egypt. So this is what I say to people. If you want a new mindset, even leads to the next point. You need new knowledge, but not even going to go there yet. All right? I think that people need to realize that it is never easy to change. It's always uncomfortable. It is always easy to remain in your comfort zone. And so if you don't understand that I am beginning a journey, somebody says, oh, Jimmy, I, I am believing God for something, but the moment I began to believe God, things became a bit difficult. Well, because the process of faith says that, the, uh, I think in James 1, it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations for the trial of your faith. So once you say, I am getting faith, then your faith will be tried. So I'm saying to you, when you want a new mindset, it will be tried. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be business as usual. But if you would just keep in front of you what you desire, and you'd say no matter what. In fact, look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, Jesus, for the joy set ahead, he endured the cross and despised the shame. And that's why in coaching, for example, you hear them say things like, write down your goal. Write down the thing you want to do. Put it somewhere. And it's so powerful to do that because without your knowledge, you know, pastor, a lot of people say to me, oh, Pastor Jimmy, I want to buy a new car. I want a new house. I say, okay, what kind of car do you want? Then they say, oh, I want uh, uh, a Range Rover Sport uh, Autobiography 2020. And I say, praise God, what color? And then the moment we agree that, immediately everywhere that they go, they begin to see that same particular vehicle. That vehicle had been there before, but until they set their mind, their mind could not assist them to locate it. Once your mind is set, all of a sudden you start seeing opportunities. You start seeing things around you to work together for good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's so helpful. I, I have uh, a quotation from Wayne Dyer that says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes, sir. Because you will see those things differently and what you see now becomes available to you. And there's another quotation that I have that says new mindset, new results. Mm. So if you don't like the results you're getting, you need to listen yes, to JT now <laughs> to get better results, which emanates from a new mindset. Yes, and that's really very helpful. I, I want to thank you. I know you still have a lot more to give us on that subject, but I'm going to need to move to the second one because we want all the five. We want all the five of grace from you. <laughs> <laughs> so after, after the new mindset is the new knowledge. I heard you talk about after the new mindset, there is need for new knowledge. And so we want to know what is new knowledge. Is there any urgency about it? What does it produce in the life? of the, the children of God and the enemies of this new knowledge and how to sustain it. Yes, sir. I believe very sincerely that um, when you say you have a new mindset, what you have is that we have wiped clean the old mindset, but it, it's like a new package. But many times it is empty. It's a new desire for things, for the right things. It's a new will, all right, a choice to do the right thing. But you remember, you know, I mean, it would teach us about, in Bible school, they taught us about demonology. And, you know, the scripture that speaks about when you cast out a, 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 a demon, it will go, then it will come back, and if he finds the place empty, it will bring several more spirits, more powerful than him, and the case of that person is worse. I believe that many times, when you say, and you start putting yourself into a new mindset, we'll talk about how to do that, 
is that you now need to fill that container with new knowledge. Every single time that I have moved to the next level, I have had to get new knowledge. Pastor, I was online yesterday and I was sharing with them how, also two days ago, how I went to Latana Books some days ago. Two days, uh, that was on Saturday, I think. And I bought 19 books. Now, that's not, I understand that it sounds, oh, wow, 19 books. Now, buying books is not the same as reading books. So hopefully I get to read all of them, okay? But at least my propensity to learn has led me to a place that I invested that much to buy books. I bought books that have to do with my spiritual development. I have books that have to do with my business development. I have books that have to do with my mental development. Now, if I'm able to come, Pastor, let me say this to you, sir. I was buying the books and the Holy Spirit said, I have new things to show you. Because every time I'm reading, he shows me things. I read A, I see B. So I realized Bible speaks about a capacity of God. It says God is the omniscient God. In other words, there's nothing beyond his knowledge. And so people, the concept or the idea that you should not be informed is a limiting belief. In any area you want to see new results. Now, I know Pastor, we spoke about it, that new mindset, okay, equals new results. I think we're going to add something to that equation. New mindset with new knowledge is bringing you closer to getting new results. Somebody wants to get married, for example. He has to have the mindset separate from his parents' experience. I don't want what my parents have. Well, that's great. I don't want what my parents have. But you know what you want. There are two different things. So you must change your mindset, but you must also go and inform yourself in the area you want to go. I think that anybody needs to know that the level of knowledge that created the problem is not enough to solve it. So you need to feed your mind. The same way the word of God feeds our spirit, we need to feed our mind. And I believe personally that God, like I said earlier, that God uses informed people a lot more than people that are uninformed. It's not a preference. It's just the fact that he can relate to them. I believe in John 9 and 4, Jesus said something powerful. He said, I have many things I want to tell you, but you are not able to bear them. In other words, you don't have the capacity to receive what it is. So when you increase your capacity, there's more that God can do with you. So new knowledge is so important. It gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Knowledge, Proverbs 19 verse 2, it says that for the soul to be without knowledge is not good. For the soul <laughs> to be without knowledge, it's not good. So it's important that we develop our level of knowledge. Yes, sir. I heard you say something. You said knowledge is what gives you capacity. Yes, sir. So no matter how much God wants to give you, if you have yes, no sir. capacity to collect it, it will be wasted. Yes, Talk sir. about the widow of the prophet. And she went to Elisha and said, I don't have anything. And mm -hmm. the creditors are coming. And he yes, says, sir. go and pour the oil. And he says, but you don't have capacity. You have anointing, but you don't have capacity. Go and borrow capacity yes, all over the place. So that when you pour, the capacity you collected will collect a lot that can solve the problem of your life. Yes, and sir. so when you say knowledge creates capacity, I lock down on that. Mm, and somebody yes, out there, that's what you need to know. I mean, all this Netflix is good. All this um, chit-chatting is good. But you better spend more money and more time on what is going to give you the capacity for God to pour in blessings and yes, promotion sir. into. That is so profound. Let me read one or two um, quotations. I, I do a lot of quotations because, yes, you know, it's compressed thought. A, a whole book is compressed into one quotation. This person, Maya Angelon, said, when you know better, you do better. Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. When? The point in time you know better, you will do better. Yes, sir. Which means if you don't get to know better, you will always operate on the same level. Yes, sir. Ooh. And this quotation is from um, Kurt Vonnegut. He says, new knowledge is most valuable commodity on earth. The more truth you have to work with, the richer we become. Mm. Mm. New knowledge is the most valuable commodity on earth. The more truth we have to work with, the richer we become. Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. when say, I want to be rich, Auntie, I'm thinking, okay, how much knowledge do you have to True, be able sir. to create that? Yes, sir. So I, I, I just brought that to 
to embellish what our speaker is saying today. And what he's saying today has cost him many years of mm. troubles, many years of training, a mm. lot of investment in money. You heard mm. 19 books. I don't want to see the bill of 19 books at a time. It's a great bookshop, but trust me, don't go there with pennies. Because <laughs> it says buy wisdom and yes, don't sir. sell it, which means it's not going to cost you. Yeah. And one last one by Albert Einstein, it says, any fool can know, but the point is to understand. Mm. Any fool can know, which means you hear something, yes, but sir. you lack understanding. Knowledge has to transmit to understanding yes, so sir. that it can produce wisdom. I, yes, I want to thank you, Katie, so much because I know you're trying so hard to compress your thoughts. <laughs> I know you're busting at the scene, you know, and maybe we're going to have to get you for a, a more uh, a more liberal uh, gathering where we have more time and we have modules I'm so that service, we don't stress you now. I'm at your service, sir. No problem at all, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, good people, I want you to tell JT, please come. <laughs> when we invite you so that we can take a whole weekend and flesh out all these things and be the better for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we've spoken about, from your um, teaching that I, I heard, um, you've spoken like tonight about the new mindset, the new knowledge that we must obtain. What about the new habits? The third one you said is the new habits. Yes, sir. So what do you mean by new habits? Is there any urgency about acquiring them? Because some of us take our time. We just feel that we can do it when we want. What does, uh, when we get the new habits, what is it likely to produce in our lives? Yes. And the things we need to work from that will not um, uh, turn the apple cart and how for it to be sustained. Yes, sir. So JT, please help All right. Us. Thank you so much, sir. Sir, when people come to me as a coach or uh, whatever, they say to me, Jimmy, tell me what I need to do. And that statement reminds me about a young man that came to Jesus and said, Master, good teacher, what must I do that I might gain eternal life? And the Bible said that Jesus looked at him and loved him. Then Jesus did not tell him what to do. And I think that even in the field of coaching, one of the things we tell people is that don't tell people what to do. Because most times people know what to do, but there are certain things that limit their ability to either believe in it and all that. You know, so I'm not the kind of person that likes to tell people, go and do the seven steps. But Jesus said something very powerful. He says, go and sell all that you have, all right? And he says, in doing that, come back and then follow me. And the guy went back and could not do that. What Jesus did was that, number one, he told him, number one, you have the wrong mindset where this is concerned because you can't have eternal life if you're not going to die. Because that's what he was trying to say. Jesus said, if you're going to have life, you have to lose it. So when he told him to sell everything, he was trying to introduce him and start from the roots. It's a mindset. The habits are the fruits, the actions. When you tell somebody, go and do this, but they don't know why, they will do it and do the wrong way, or they will do it and stop doing it. Pastor, some people tell me, okay, you always give. I give because I understand why I give, not because they told me to give. I love, not because I feel like loving all the time, but I understand what standing and walking in love means. And that's what we spoke about understanding with new knowledge. Now, your new habits are the outflow, the actions that come out of a new mindset and new knowledge. I believe that, you know, the way that God designed us is that when we get our mindset right, we get the knowledge right, the actions, we will start having the right actions. Now, I mean, I, one of the things I teach, you know, I know in my coaching process, I teach the fundamentals of man. And I tell people that, look, you have to, at some point in life, you have to decide whether you came from an ape or whether you came from God, all right? So I tell them, look at yourself. Do you look like someone that came from an ape or a tadpole or a mweba? They say, no, they think they come from God. Fine. So what was the original design of God? In the original design of God, we see that God made man in his image and his likeness. Now, John 4, 24 says God is a spirit. And therefore, if he made us in his image and likeness, we are spirits. Number two, in Genesis 2, verse 7, Bible says that God formed man out of the dust. And Bible says that that was his body. Then God breathed into man and man became a living soul. So we see spirit, body, and soul. And I think that if you don't understand these fundamentals, you might have a struggle in your walk of faith. Now, in the, in the soul, because of time I'll summarize, there are three expressions of it. You have the mind, and that's where the seat of understanding or intellect is. You have the emotions, the seat of your feelings, okay? And you have your, your will, the, the seat of choice, making decisions. Now, 
The will is what you utilize to start doing something. But if your mind is not enlightened and your emotions are not in the right place, you see, because emotions are acting like fire. They follow whatever you focus your mind on consistently. When your mind is in the right place, your emotions begin to follow. That's why, Pastor, they've told me to go to the gym for some months now. I'm, I'm, I'm going for visitation. I've not been going permanently. And God will help me, okay? But hopefully, if I'm able to set my mind on that, they tell me, they said, Jimmy, if you keep doing it, after a while, your body will want to do it. My body has been taking a while, but I'm going to try. I'm not going to give up. So, but the same thing also, that when your mind is focused, your emotions will focus, the action, the habit, come the act of the will. So your decisions, your choice, the actions are a product of a renewed mindset, one that is empowered with right knowledge, and that the emotions, because any, when you feel like doing something, you are empowered to do that. God put our emotions as an empowerment to be able to pull through things. So what I tell people is this, that every time you see somebody having new results, the new result is because of something, not just that they did, but that they kept doing. And so a habit is not just something you did once. It is something that you must consistently do over a period of time. In psychology, they tell that if you do something consistently for 21 days, it will become natural to you. Now, the good news is that if you do something good consistently for 21 days, it will become natural. The bad problem is if you do something bad consistently, it will become a new habit. Habits are required because what happens is, and I teach it in psychology, is that whenever you do something consistently in your conscious mind, after a while, it moves into your subconscious mind. Research lets us know that 91% of our habit, our, of our actions every day are driven by the subconscious. So the way that God designed it, so that you don't have to start and stop everything, and you can run things on autopilot, is that when you start, you want to change your life, you must do something consistently in the conscious phase, and after a while, it will go into your subconscious. So now, a new mindset, new knowledge, after a while, it will go into your subconscious, your actions by that will therefore now be in alignment with your new mindset. So I, I, I'm, I'm always, and why I'm saying this is because I, I don't want to say, go and start doing these things. People are always very particular about the 17 keys to get married. What about the 18th one? About the 22 steps to know God. What about the 23rd one? But if I can have the right mindset and I have new knowledge, I will find the right steps I need and emulate them and do them. That's what I believe. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you so much. So I, I learned something now. Whatever you do for 21 days yes, will sir. move from your consciousness to your subconscious. Yes. If it's if you're starting for light for 21 yes, days, you yes, will sir. start being subconsciously without knowing it because it yes, is sir. a new so 21 days is not a long time. So let's start yes, something. Yes, sir. Steve you said the knowledge you have and keep. It doesn't mean anything. It's the one you act on. Yes, sir. So how are you going to tell JT that, listen, 21 days, I'm ready for this. Yes, and sir. do those things that will help you birth the destiny in Christ that you've been praying about. And yes, I, I pray that we're able to send you some good news and send you yes, some testimony Amen. on how you save many lives. Thank you Amen. so much. Let, let me read one or two uh, quotations again. Yes, this one, I don't know who created this one. It says, your habits decide your future. What? Hmm. Your habits decide your future, which means they predetermine your, the outcome of your life. Yes, so we audit those habits, the ones that need to go, and the yes. ones that we need to build. Yes, like sir. reading. Hmm. Like studying beyond the Bible. Bible says, uh, uh, study to show yourself approved. But I didn't say study only the Bible. You know, mm, some people yes, are, you don't know nothing else. <laughs> mm. Jesus answered any question they brought to him because his knowledge yes, was diverse. Yes, sir. In Bible says he was of quick understanding. Mm. So, since our habits decide our future, thank you for telling us how to get away from the old habits by replacing them yes, with good habits so that the future that Christ laid out for us will not remain an illusion in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And Amen. Ron says, motivation gets you started. Motivation gets you started. But only habit keeps you going. 
Yes, sir. Motivation gets you started. You know how you listen to a motivator and you want to jump and <laughs> maybe uh, start exercising. Next day, you put on your trainers and go. But it is yes, only habit that keeps you going. And yes, what, what we're talking about requires more than starting. You've got to stay with it. Yes, sir. This yes, sir. is not for just starters. It, it is also for finishers. The Bible yes, calls sir. Jesus the and the finisher of our faith. Okay. And that's the example we need to follow. Now, yes, um, I, I, want, I want to thank you. We want to go now to the fourth one. We have looked at the new um, mindset, the new yes, knowledge, sir. the new habits. Then you, you talk about the new regime. And that, I'm yes, not sir. familiar with what do you mean by the new regime? Is it an urgent requirement? What will mm. it produce in lives? And how yeah. can we sustain And what do we need to step away from if we're going to be able to establish this new regime? Thank you so much, Pastor. And um, I, I, it took me a while to be able to you know, discern this truth. But now that I know it, I realize that every excuse me, new level I want to birth there's a regime that must accompany it. I mean, again, I, I, Pastor, you know, I'm a very casual person. I'm very relaxed and all that. And, um, you know, um, the thing, and I just feel with thoughts that come to my mind. So what I'm going to share is not very spiritual right now, but let me just say it all the same. So when I was growing, <laughs> I used to like Chinese movies, okay? And so, <laughs> you know, that was, I, I grew up in Ibado, the city of Ibado, and that was, is what they offered you that you watched. I know about it. I went to government college. Ah, <laughs> uh -huh. that's, that's, that's good. So now it was one thing came out of the world at that time. Now, if you, if you remember, sir, in those Chinese fields, somebody goes to the master and says, teach me Kung Fu. And then maybe they killed his father and his mother or whatever, then he wants to go out revenge. So the master says, after pushing him off, he now says, you know what? I'm going to teach you Kung Fu. So he says, go and fetch water. So he says, okay, I'll fetch water now. You come and teach me Kung Fu. Then he says, go back and fetch water. And then he keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. Then he's tired one day and says, Master, you're not teaching me Kung Fu. I want to learn Kung Fu. Then the master makes a move. And then the guy, with what he learned in fetching water, is able to block. And then he now realizes, oh, I was actually learning in that process. What I believe is that God actually also puts us in regimes. And a regime is a, is a timed process under which there's strict adherence to certain actions. We've spoken about habits, and habits are reflections of actions that must be done over time. But what I find, let me give another analogy to explain. I call it the brace position. When I was growing up, I wanted braces, Pastor, because I thought it really looked nice and all that, but um, my parents could not afford it, so I just managed the teeth that I have. But I remember then, so I asked the dentist about braces, and he said, oh, that what they do is that they put the braces to set the teeth in a particular way. And then when the teeth remain there for a long period of time, under certain tension, they adjust themselves to that. By that adjustment, it becomes permanent. Now, someone even told me that, Jimmy, you have a gap tooth. If they had put braces early, you, the teeth would have readjusted themselves. I'm talking about the final step of this change. It is a regime. What I mean by that is this, that you must put yourself in a period. The people that have been telling me about going to the gym to exercise and all that will tell me I must do it consistently over a period of time, one day my six packs that are somewhere in my spirit will finally come out. Okay, so what I tell people is that you need a regime. Now, the regime is the most difficult part, Pastor, because it's always exciting at the beginning. But remember in Galatians 6 and 9, it says something it says that do not be weary in well doing, well doing is a regime. But you see, the problem with well doing is sometimes you can get weary with it, you can start off in faith. Start off with the new knowledge, start off with the new habits and all that. But at the end of the day, the thing that will get you says, do not be willing what doing for in due season. So that in season, there's a process. And that's what a regime is all about. Process. I can tell you that whenever you start out in faith, believing God for something, there is usually a process. And the objective of the process is not necessarily about the thing you believe for. It's about who you become in the process. That is what God does. I had a story about a man that had, and it's not a real story, but I had that one man, God asked him to push a large piece of rock from one point to the other. And the man began to try to push it, and he couldn't push it, and, and God would keep encouraging him, keep pushing, keep pushing. 
And you know, after maybe like two months, he had only moved a few inches. And he was tired and, you know, and then one day he came to God and says, you know, I'm tired. And God said, keep pushing. Eventually, he pushed it quite a bit. And guess what? One day he came to God and said, God, I don't understand. Why am I pushing this rock? Then God says, look at the mirror. In the process, he had his form. He had the build. So it was not just about the movement of the stone. It was the transformation of the man. God is more interested in changing you than giving to you. God is more interested in transforming you. And usually God will put you in a regime. A lot of people have entered the regime. It's uncomfortable. They run away. God attaches you to somebody. But because of some reason, you run away. God puts you in an organization. And you are saying, God, give me better pay because my friends are any better. God says, stay there. You run away. What you have done is you have escaped your regime and escaped God's plan of elevation for you. A regime is very powerful. And that's what God is doing. I'm sure people are clapping for you. My people are posting all kinds of things. Hey, Minister Dave says regime is a process that takes you to the expected end. It is the process. Yes. It's not an action. Yes. It's the process. Yes. You call it a strict adherence to a process. A regime yes, is a process that takes you to the expected end. So when we quote Jeremiah, I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts are good enough to give you an expected end. The expected end is going to be birthed in a process in a in a regime. The regime yes, is beyond you, and the regime may not look like where you're going, but it is what will birth where you're. The, oh my! Oh, so how can we thank you? I'm surprised that people. I know the regime thing is the toughest part of it, but my people are posting all kind of. They're clapping for you. I'm so impressed. You okay? Thank God. Nails off my spirit has opened up. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Up. Yes, See, um, uh, one of our uh, associates, senior associate pastor, Pastor Yami he put regime with an exclamation mark. I know mm. what that means to that. Hey, or put it down that regime yes, without sir. a regime, you are not going far. And generally, yes, God sir. is going to put you in a place. You, you yes, don't sir. want to be, but it's not about the place. It's what's going to shape in you, just like yes, the regime Potiphar's house for Joseph. He needed the art of management, the regime of managing food in, um, in the prison. He needed to know how to ration and to manage food without the regime. Who will make him a prime minister in the time of famine? No regime, no expected end. Oh, yes, sir. thank you. So, Pastor, can so I tell you one more thing, sir? It just came to my spirit, sir. If you don't mind. You, you know that song we started singing, Channels of My Spirit Open Up? Yes. You know, one day God told me, I was just meditating on that, I was just playing it, and God said, you know what that song means. Then he took me to Genesis 26. In Genesis 26, after we know the biggest part of that story seemed to be that Isaac got a hundredfold. But right after that, the Bible now begins to talk about another phase of Isaac. He said he went and dug the wells that his father had dug, that he had stopped, the Philistines had stopped. Now, the Bible said that when he did that, that they resisted him. So he moved from well one to well two, eventually till he got to Rehoboth, where he now dug his own well. Now, this is what God said to me. He said, Isaac could have remained on the face of Abraham if he had only sought to dig the wells that Abraham had dug before. Many times, our processes are meant to birth something new. Pastor, I'm going to say something that I usually would not say online. A lot of people in my generation are criticizing the older generation, saying they're not doing this, they're not doing that. You see, the responsibility of Isaac is not just to dig the wells of Abraham, but to dig new wells. But you will not dig your well until you have gone through the wells of Abraham. It's impossible. So the new is birth. Bible said there's nothing new under the earth. And so, if, and, and I believe very sincerely that there's somebody, and I, I normally will go, go very, but it's just coming strong in my heart, that there are people here that God has told them the regime they need to be a part of. But many times, for example, they might come across the humanity of somebody that they have, God has connected them to, and people don't understand that God's choice to walk with in humanity, all right, is his choice and all that. And I see people cut away 
I mean, if you, people say, oh, I want to I wanna serve you, Jimmy Tebri, but if you come near me, you might not like me. I might not be the Instagram guy all every moment, but it doesn't take away the fact that there's a divine part to me. And so what I tell people is this, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but see, we are in, a, in this time, what God is doing is also is connecting the older generation to the younger generation because this thing is about to be birthed must not be done without the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. We are not going to build another foundation. We are going to build on top of that. And so it's important that we understand that one of the regimes that God will bring is that for every Elisha, there's an Elijah that God has connected you to. Every new thing is birthed on the foundation of the old. Let me just stop there, sir. Oh, what is going on tonight? Now, this is an answer to prayer because we pray that, JT, that God will unleash something so fresh and so revolutionary in you. And I realize that I think it is this regime thing because God usually sends us to a place where he molds us before he releases us. Yes, and I've said to people a version of what you said. I said, God is more interested in your character than in blessing you. Yes, and sir. character is never shaped when you're having a party on a holiday. Character mm -hmm. is shaped under pressure. Yes, sir. Under, under a regiment yes, where sir. you're not allowed to go beyond a certain place. And so yes, if God is more interested in building our character so that we can be useful like Daniel where he's taking us to, and we're refusing to be in a regime, which means we're bound to fail if we ever got there because we will not even have the character to support the blessing. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Glory to God. God. How can we talk to enough for this expose on, on the new regime? Those of yes, you sir. out there, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of amazing posts yeah, um, let me just read this one. This really blessed me. Damilola says, a regime may not look like where you're going, but it is a process that will birth the destination. Mm. The regime would, may not look like where you're going, but it is that process that will birth the destination. You know, yeah. I mean, when Joseph got to jail, he did nothing to be in jail. He was not even That's tried. Right. He sent him to jail without just because you have the key to the back door of the jail, and you push me in there, and when the jailer came um, and said, I want you to ration food, you know, what would be the Nigerian man's reaction? Mindset. He mindset that I got to jail without doing anything. I'm just going to sit down there thinking, what, what, I'm not even supposed to be here. What, where, where's yes, God all? Tell me to render free service. For who? For these prisoners? When I'm a prince in Egypt, I beg, disappear. Yes, sir. You know what? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In the process, he learned how to ration food. Yes, how to distribute food effectively yes, and have a lot of power. Yes, and so, tell people that he got the job of the Prime Minister not just because he had an anointing to, uh, to mm. interpret the thing. That wasn't what got him the job. Then he says, so yes, what do we do now that we have interpretation? Yes, he said, this is what you must do. And they looked at each other and said, ah, you know what to do, sir? Mm. So where can we man? Who will know, know what to do? You're the best man for the job. But the Bible says, all the wise men agreed with Pharaoh. Yes, difficult to give top dog job to the people who are vying for it <laughs> in their presence in the yes, of an hour. something hit them so profound because Joseph I don't know how God helped him he managed to stay in the regime until the character needed was formed in him yes sir yes sir yes sir yes sir and he was going to thrive when he got to the palace I pray that we will not jump out of the regime God has put around us I pray Amen. that we will not on that day interpret the dream and go back to jail. No, 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 no. Let Amen. the regime put character and the ability for us to stun the world. They said, where can we find a man like this? It has Praise to God. be from God. And God. they took out all the protocols were ignored because of this man. I sense somebody out there, this is what God wants for your life. If you're Amen. broken out of regime, I pray God will give you humility to go back Amen. to where you're supposed to be. Because Amen. the worst thing is that you come out before your time. Because there's yes. a time, a season for everything under the sun. Oh, yes, Father, sir. thank you. Thank you, Lord. JT, for giving us this word. May the Lord Praise bless God. you, your family, Amen. your business, Amen. abundantly, 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. Those of you listening, as you take this truth and say, this is for me. This is God equipping me. I will not die in this famine. I may be like Joseph in jail somehow, but when I'm coming out of this, shaped by this regime, new habits, new knowledge, new mindsets, ready for what God has in store for me, so that our life is so shine before men. Hey, they will see our good works and glorify Amen. our Father in heaven. And so Amen. shall it with you and Amen. I, in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. 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 Praise there's God. one last one. Four mm -hmm. is not the number of five is the number of yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let me just rehearse very quickly. We have looked at the new mindset. We have looked at new knowledge. We have new, looked at new habits. We have looked at the new regime, that revolutionary one. And now we're looking at the new associations. So tell yes, us sir. a bit of this association. What do you mean by that? Is there an mm. urgency about it? What is this supposed to birth in our lives and how do we sustain it? If um, when God wants to totally transform your life, he uses people, but he also puts you amongst people. The Bible says that God sets the solitary in families. The Bible says God takes the needy out of the dunghill and sets him amongst the prince of his people. So it doesn't necessarily mean that when he takes him out of the dunghill, that is totally transformed, the transformation actually is complete among the princes of the people. That's why in Proverbs 13, 20, he says that he that walks with the wise will be wise, and the companion of fools will be destroyed. I believe that one of the major things that can determine where your life will end is the associations around your life. People are not as spiritually intelligent about the power of this that if you will just be foolish enough to work with wise people, without your permission, you become wise. And if you will be so wise to work with foolish people, without your consent, you will be destroyed. So the Bible teaches us the potency of association. Now, I, I have sat down and I like to study successful people. And when I say successful people, I'm not just talking about people that made it in the short run, I'm talking about people that keep making it on the long run. And I see how particular they are about their association. Pastor, there's something I teach, and it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a subject in cultural anthropology called Prometrics. And what it teaches is that, you know, it speaks about the measurement or the impact of people within spaces. So, for example, you know, somebody that is, you know, not close to me, maybe my wife cannot come and hug me and hold me. It's my wife. She's allowed in my intimate space to hold me, hold, hold me and to kiss me or whatever. But a stranger that meets me cannot do that. Even I will push them away because they are going beyond the distance that is permissible to me. Now, it's very interesting in cultural anthropology that it teaches that there are four spaces around everybody. The first space is called the intimate space. The second space is called the personal space. The third space is called the social space. The last space is called the public space. I'll say that again. The first one is the intimate space. The second one is the personal space. The third one is the social space. The last one is public space. Now, according to them, they say there's a maximum number of people that can be in each of these spaces per time. In your intimate space, you can have maximum of three people. In your personal space, you can have maximum of 10 to 12 people. In your um, social space, you can have maximum of 70 people, and in your public space, you can have maximum of 120 people. Pastor, Jesus had three, Jesus had 12, Jesus had 70, Jesus had 120. What? So Jesus was so aware of the space that there are some things he could not bring the 12 disciples to because he understood the power that if I brought Thomas to the Mount of Transfiguration, I will never see Moses and Elijah again. They will be angry. Because if we doubt them so much, something will happen in the rebel spirit. So the problem we have is that we bring people that are meant to be in our social space into our intimate space. We share with them what God told us in intimacy, and they kill the fire on the altar. And that's why we don't move forward. They, people, they say, oh, this person has been my friend for 20 years, 
But please understand that the person's atmosphere will kill your atmosphere. And there are certain atmospheres you must be around. The Bible says about, Moses, uh, about Joshua that by being close to Moses, that was his preparation by being close. So I teach people that we cannot be casual about our relationship or positions. If you want to be a billionaire, I must tell you something. Somehow, either by books, by YouTube videos or whatever, you must start listening to billionaires. You can never become one because there is an atmosphere, there is communication where that is concerned. If you see how jealous God is about even the Heavenly Father, there's only one person sitting at his right hand. After that, we hear about the 24 angels and the 24 elders. Then we now begin to hear about certain beasts. And then, so God is particular about space. If you don't sit down and audit your space, you cannot move as fast as you should move. What is going on here? My wife said, Jimmy is wrecking the internet. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus is wrecking it. I'm just his boy. <laughs> okay, okay. Jesus' boy is wrecking the... Ah, somebody said wrecking care. He has wrecked it already. <laughs> We're sipping tea. Praise already. God. <laughs> Oh, thank you so, so much. I wish I could read a lot of these comments. You say we're not done yet. We're going to new associations. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I know you have to go. Um, this association thing, you said... Intimate, no, personal, social, public. Now, Jesus had three, twelve... 70 and 120. So we need to shuffle people and yes, put sir. them where they want to be. Yes, sir. And I know that you're out there. I think we should all go back home and sit down and ruminate over this thing. And we're praying that the channels of our spirit to open up to here to gain understanding and there be a resolve to reshuffle relationship. It's not about how long you've known somebody. It is mm. where they should be in your life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Father, thank you for this revelation. Thank you for people right. making the adjustment. Thank you because destiny is beckoning to so many people. Thank, thank you because people are putting on wings of eagles now able to soar towards the destination in Christ. They've always known their call to. By the, by the equipping of this knowledge, gaining understanding, begin to walk in wisdom. Uh, that which God for a thing, which Christ died for, will no longer be locked up in our in some place, but we begin to birth these things and experience them to the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I want to thank you, um, PJ, Katie. I want to thank. Um, I want to uh, let me read one um, suggestion to you. Um, one I'll quote to you, it says, deep conversations with the right people are priceless. Mm, deep yes, conversations with the right people are priceless. There are conversations people will not have with you until you're close with them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you have to know those, Bible says it plants a solitary in families. There are some, yes, I tell people, I say, there are people that come around your life for whatever reason. They like you. They want to gain something from you. They want to hang out with you. That's fine. Yes, sir. But there are people God plants in your life. Yes, sir. People that come around and there are people that God plants. Never walk away from somebody that God planted in your life because God is so purposeful. He knows the end from the beginning. And exchange them for people who come around. We need to pray yes, that prayer. Lord, give me discernment to know who God planted and who came around. Oh, Father, thank you for that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need, we need to close somehow, and yes, um, we would love to have you back. Yes, and um, I don't know, but I, I pray the Lord will keep us in your heart. It will bring us into your personal space. <laughs> sir, I'm with you, sir. <laughs> Anything you want, sir. You want to allow us move along the intimate ah, area. Somewhere you, around there. Thank you so much. <laughs> So Thank much you, may the Lord reward you abundantly and mm -hmm. return unto you that which you have given good measure. Let's now shake Amen. it together.
buy. Of things money can buy and of things money cannot Amen. buy. Everything what for sunny will come to pass speedily Amen. to the glory of God in the Amen. name of the Lord. Because of everybody that heard and is making track towards destiny, the Lord will facilitate your own aspirations, your destiny, your Amen. wife and children, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, Amen. we thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. I want to thank Amen. you all for coming to uh, preparing for the new 5.0. You can see grace at work here. We go to 6.0 this time next week. I want you to pray along with me that God will continue to set us amazing Amen. vessels of beauty today and take us closer to this dream that we have in our hearts. And I know Amen. that you have found out exactly what you ought to do now. Because this is a place you finally, finally get to know what to do. Not just know something, know what to do. And I want you to do something right and share the testimony with us. I want to celebrate those of you. In, in spite of the time difference, you are streamed in live with us. God bless you. You will have great testimonies too in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you. And God bless you. <laughs>